When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, good morning. We're live from Toowoomba Surf Life Saving Club for their annual ocean swim. So they've already had the 400 metres. There's a presentation that has just taken place a few moments ago, and that is named in honour in memory of the legendary John McNamara. His daughter will join us on the air a little bit later on this morning, Kate, who did the 400-metre swim. The one-kilometre race is coming up very soon, uh, right about 15 minutes, in fact. And that is followed by the two-kilometre event, which is happening after 10. So I think the men take off at 10.30 in the two-kilometre event, followed by the women at 10.32. Let me introduce the team. Alongside me is a great mate of ours, the bald badger. Mick Morley is back due to overwhelming demand. Thank you Great very to much. see you, mate. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. You've got some big news, uh, but look who's back after about a month. Uh, he's been all over the place. Uh, I think he's been up to Coffs Harbour, across to New Zealand, down the south coast as well. Michael Butner, great to see you. Steve-O, good to be back. And Mick, always a pleasure, mate, to have you on board. It has been a bit of a, I feel like the Leyland brothers, to be honest with you. I've been up to Coffs Harbour for the national championships, which also become a selection process for the Australian Tagaroo side. So that's the World Cup in Ireland in 2023 in August. Uh, Are you in? I mean, I've got to start, which is nice. The yeah. over 40s, which is fantastic. I'm the oldest bloke in the over 40s, which is okay. Uh, <laughs> and then went to New Zealand, played in a tournament over there, uh, which was great. We played in the International Tag Series there and then uh, down to Shell Harbour. Had the local, oh, sorry, the junior city country tournament, which are one of the great tournaments I really love um, for Oztag. And just a one-day tournament, best of the best kids from all the regions, uh, and they take each other on. So it's been a busy three weeks. It's good to be back, Steve, and you're looking fantastic. Yeah, thank you, mate. And uh, as you know, I've got mixed emotions doing the show today. I actually yes. actually wanted to take the day off. Uh, my beautiful wife, Sharon, is in John Hunter Hospital, and she insisted that I come and do the show. So She's, did your daughter, apparently. Yeah, yes. in, in no uncertain terms, Talia told me to come and do the show, but uh, Sharon was meant to do the 1K swim today, and she would have absolutely loved it. And we were both uh, booked to do the Coogee swim tomorrow yep. in Sydney, and so that's not going to happen now, but we send our love and best wishes, and we'll see you soon at John Hunter Hospital. And thanks to everyone who sent messages. If I haven't replied... Uh, they're greatly appreciated. So thank you, and uh, we'll try to make it an awesome show. And Is this our last one? Last one for the year. Oh, really? Uh, last week was the penultimate. Is that right? <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, now, by, by the way, Sharon does love this show. Uh, she, uh, she listens every Saturday, and... Uh, she, uh, she's a, a you know, very good critic of the show, and I think she really believes in it and loves what we're doing for Central Coast Sport Butte. Yeah, mate, and again, a big shout-out to Sharon. I know it's been a tough week for you, Steve, in terms of uh, what happened with Sharon, and um, she's got some health issues and whatever else, and I, I have no doubt, being the fighter that she is, she'll get herself out of um, uh, the issues that she has, and, um, you know, she's in good hands up there, mate, so... Uh, 
a lot of love to you and your family. I know it's a, a tough situation right now, but I do know that um, she's a fighter and she's going to get herself out of this. And, mate, you're going to... I think probably my biggest concern is, mate, you've probably been training it too hard with the swim. <laughs> That's my concern. Well, right? she, she had a, an outstanding result last week at Uminer in the take three for the sea. So that yeah, was yeah. around about 160 or 70 people in that swim and she came fourth overall out of all the women in, in the 1K event. I reckon uh, going into this event, mate, she was favourite. By the way, <laughs> by the way, this is her favourite moment of 2022. Ooh, so okay. we're going to talk about our favourite moments. Yes. And uh, for this one, we go way back to the start of the year. A young lady by the name of Ash Barty, oh. who won the Australian Open 6376 over the American Daniel, Danielle Collins. Here's some audio from that moment from SEN. Here we go, four championship points. Now Collins will put the serve into play to the Barty chip return up the middle. Collins went cross-court at the back end. Ash digs it out. Collins looking to go up the line. Ash on the forehand cross-court. She's done it. She's done it. Ash Barty has broken the drought of 44 years. She is the Australian Open champion. What a moment to savour. Some raw emotion from Ash that we don't always get to see. Wow. Yeah, how good is that commentary? What a moment. What a moment that was. You know what? I remember sitting at home watching that and the hype around it and the build-up. It was 44 years since Australia won. It was Chris O'Neill back in 1978 uh, that did that, but it wasn't long after that, Steve, and you you can understand all the emotion that comes with that for Ash Barty. She then retires. And like the... I remember the disappointment going, oh, my God, mm. like this girl is at the peak of her game. Uh, and then she retired from the sport. Massive shock, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, it was no phenomenal. One, no one thought that was going to happen. Yeah, and you know what, boys? Just looking at the numbers here. So in 1978, Chris O'Neill wins with the exact same score line against <laughs> ah. Betsy Nagelson. 6-3, 7 wow. 7-3 in the tiebreaker. And then you scroll through some of the names on the list here. Chris Evert, Martina Navratilova. Hannah Manlikova, Steffi Graf, Monica Sellis, Mary Pierce, the French one, French woman, Jennifer Capriati, Serena Williams just starts to dominate, Victoria Azarenka. So long time between drinks. Naomi Osaka was mm. there as well on a couple of occasions. And then Ash Barty cements her place in history. We look like we're about to get underway here. The 1K, the men are marshalling, the women are marshalling at Toowoomba Surf Life Saving Club. Let's go to our first guest of the morning who's been waiting patiently. He's going to recap what happened at the World Cup Rugby League. And he's also been one of our favourite guests, not just this year. Huh. What, what do you reckon, Buttes? How long's uh, it been? The last 15, 15 years. 15 years, been ridiculous. Let's welcome the benchmark, Tony Clark. Good morning, mate. Ah, good morning, boys. Thank you for the introduction. TC, uh, welcome back to the show. And... Massive week in rugby league. Of course, the Kangaroos getting the job done. And the Gillaroos, I mean, I said to Buttes, there needs to be an inquiry into New Zealand rugby league because in the round game, I think it was a two-point ball game. And in the grand final, the Gillaroos just blow New Zealand off the park 54-4. to four. None of us saw that coming. What were your thoughts? No, nah, exactly, Steve. If, uh, if they were racehorses, they'd certainly be in the, in the swabbing stall. But uh, I think it's just testament to the fact of, um, you know, the girls were probably a little bit off in, in, the, in the pool games and then, uh, and, you know, really uh, aimed up in the, uh, um, of course, in the, in the final with, um, you know, a brilliant display by uh, our local girl, Isabel Kelly. And, uh, 
Yeah, and, and you know the men, the men were the same, weren't they? Just, I, I thought it was a very exciting tournament all round, and uh, uh, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed all the games, and it was great again to see such a local content in the final with, uh, you know, the uh, Matt Parrish coaching Samoa, which um, he was under a heap of pressure there for a long time. You know, the the John's uh, boys fan club was uh, was um, certainly trying to get his job, but uh, well done to Matt and. Uh, you know, it's uh, a testament to all his hard work that um, that they, they made the final, which I think is great for rugby league. Yeah, we had uh, Brad Donald come on last week, the Gillaroos coach, which uh, you're really privileged to have him on the eve of the match. And he, he did say that he felt like New Zealand had used most of their squad in nearly every game, whereas some of his girls had only played three out of the five pool matches. And that's got to play a role in the final. Oh, definitely, definitely, Steve. You know that uh, it was it was, a, it was a very interesting interview, and what a, what a coup for you to get Brad. You know, as you said, on the eve of the game. But uh, uh, yeah, they um, were. Um, excuse me, boys. I'm just chasing my granddaughter around too. So if I'm a little bit off, that's <laughs> 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 certainly. But uh, yeah, um, but no, uh, certainly um, the, the 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 game time was uh, was crucial in in the end. Talk about, uh, I want to touch on the, the men's uh, tournament and you talked about Matt Parrish and the pressure he was under. He was under a great deal of pressure on the, after the first game when they got absolutely hammered by England 60-6. to They managed to turn that around and uh, when you look at some of the finals there, um, you know, they took on England in the, the semi-final, beat them 27-26. to uh, In the other game, the pool game, it was 20-18 to against Tonga. Uh, what a performance from the Samoans, and uh, it certainly put them on the map, Clarkie. And uh, I think it probably, you know, as we build to you know the next World Cup, I think this Samoa Tonga rivalry could be something that is as big for the game as the New South Wales Queensland Origin. Oh, definitely, Michael. I mean, you know, we we are heading to 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 a, a, you know with the Pacifica. Um, you know, so so many people are, are loving the game and playing the game and, and, and interested in the game. And I think I read with interest during the week where Matt said he's working really hard to um, create a Samoa Tonga annual Test match. You know, which I, I, I think is is uh, a great idea. And I think that you know, I mean, it's a very full calendar at the moment, but we've certainly got to look at the International Rugby League because it, the interest that it created over there, I think they had what upwards of 68,000 at the final at the home of Manchester United. What an experience that had been. Yeah. You know, going to Old Trafford. Yeah. It's, it, like it'd be, it, you know, it's a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So, yeah, but uh, I, I think that, um, uh, that, that that we really have to embrace where we're heading with, with the Pacific Islands and, and, and encourage it as much as we can. I think, you know, I, I look at a couple of things here. Like our game is pretty unique, rugby league, when you consider uh, most of the focus is on the NRL, the week-to-week competition, right? Um, you look at rugby union, you look at soccer, a lot of that focus is around the international stuff, whereas rugby league, it's all based around uh, the NRL competition. On the back of this World Cup, I, I just hope that there are smart people uh, in the head office there with the International Rugby League Board who are looking at what impact, because it always seems to happen after every uh, every World Cup. We get this high and this buzz about International Rugby League, and then it just quickly becomes deflated, and we forget about it until the next World Cup comes around. And I'd hate to see this happen based on the momentum that was created from what Samoa did, based on the momentum that uh, Tonga had. We've now got five teams within this um, International Rugby League 
that are at that T1 level. Now, they're still keeping Samoa and Tonga in that T2, but when you add New Zealand and you add England and, of course, Australia, there's five teams there that are very, very competitive. And don't get me wrong, Fiji is not far behind either, and we need to encourage that and embrace that and ensure that the likes of the Tonga and Samoa, you know what, put it on the calendar, put it as a regular fixture each and every year. And I know you touched on it, Clarkie, that, you know, there is a congested... Um, uh, schedule uh, and now we've gone with 27 rounds for next year but it's one of those things that I think it's so important that we continue to go down this path uh, of embracing this international rugby league because there's so many good players in the game and I just want to see it happen that these guys get that opportunity Yeah definitely, I, I couldn't agree I couldn't agree more Michael That's, it's something and, it, and it's so true what you said that, that we're on a high, we're thinking you know, we're great. We, we have to maintain the standard we've set now, and and, and make sure that um, you know that the the interest remains now over not you know not just twelve months, but over the next twelve years. You know that's uh, yeah. that's something that we have to do with the game. Mate, the game itself, Australia versus Samoa, like thirty to ten uh, turned out. Australia were leading twenty nil at one stage, and Samoa come back. Um, I, I thought there was a couple of you know standout performances for me. Obviously, James Tedesco leading from the front, man of the match. Uh, Nathan Cleary, I thought was outstanding, and Mal Meninga certainly put his hand up and uh, was critical of some of the feedback he was getting from the media. Yeah, well, uh, I'll just chime in there, Butes, because Nathan Cleary much maligned through the tournament. Every time he jumped onto Twitter, people are having a crack at him. But, you know, come the big game, the Aussies stand up. Latrell Mitchell outstanding on the left edge. What about the ball that Nathan Cleary gave on the left side? I'm 100%. Trying... To Latrell Mitchell or to Cameron Murray, one of the two. Cameron Murray. It was unbelievable. Both passes were phenomenal. Yeah. Right? And it was so precise that, you know, that's an intercept waiting to happen. But he knew how fast he had to pass that ball and get it to that. We've developed this this mentality in Australia at the moment where every time you jump onto social media, like... Uh, well, I, I look oh, at it. What did Nathan Cleary do wrong throughout the tournament? I thought he was actually... I think he went himself instead of going to a, a two-man overlap at one stage. But oh, uh, Heaven forbid. Ha- wow. Have a look at who is like you know, posting these kind of comments. Uh, have they ever been in the heat of the battle, Buttes? I mean, well, you've played at the highest level. This is the thing, mate. And I remember reading this on a, a billboard or something that said, when criticised, consider the source. And it's 100% true. Right, if you're a nufty who's got no idea, is then it, I'm not going to put any value in it uh, at all. TC, when you played, and you know, you're you almost at the highest level yourself, Like, is it any wonder the players these days stay away from social media? Because, I mean, it's just a, it's a cesspit, isn't it? Oh, it is, Stephen. And, and I know that uh, as a sport that we, we're educating our, our young people, you know, um, the, the best we can with the perils of it. I mean, there are probably a few advantages of it. I'm not on it myself. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I certainly don't get it. And as you said, it's the people that um, wouldn't have laced the boot on that can, can have these opinions. So, uh, yeah, no, I think the best advice you can get is turn it off. Hey, TC, can you stay with us for one more very quick break? Uh, we need to go to our first ad break. We're watching the uh, 1K swim. We'll give you an update on that in a few moments. But uh, can you stay with us for just a few minutes more? Certainly, boys. Tony Clark joining us, uh, final show of the year on Saturdays on the Coast, all thanks to Robson Civil Projects and also McDonald Jones Homes. So I've got the binoculars on the league group at the moment and we actually notice quite a lot of swimmers miss the first turning marker. So there's a red marker out there and a lot of swimmers had to swim back towards the south 
to go around that can. Then they go around a yellow buoy, which looks like it's about 400 metres offshore, I'd say. And the lead pack are on their way back towards the shore at the moment. There would be four swimmers, and one of them's a female. So I dare say that's Stephanie Carey. Not sure if she's entered this event, but she would be up there. She's an elite swimmer. So this is the 1K event at the moment. So three young men in the lead pack and also a female right at their heels and should be a fantastic finish. So they'll come around this yellow marker, which is around about 20 metres offshore. Then they'll start the run for home. And that's about a 400-metre swim along the shoreline where they'll come across the finish line, which is at the southern end of beautiful Toowoom Bay Beach. We're back in just a moment. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEM. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Toowoom Bay for the Ocean Swim. They've already had the 400-metre dash for cash. We're getting close to the finish of the one-kilometre race. There's a young man who's out by about 10 metres at the moment. And there's around about 200 metres left to swim. Behind this young man is a pack of three, including a young lady in that group. Then we go back, I'd say maybe 75 metres to our second group. So this is in the one kilometre race. So we should have a winner very soon in this. And then later on this morning at 10.30, they take off in the two kilometre event. And let's not forget, boys, that... This is off the back of the pandemic. So Toowoom Bay Surf Life Saving Club, this is one of their big events. And for the last few years, they haven't been able to run it in its usual capacity. So I'm just thrilled for this Surf Life Saving Club. Uh, if you haven't been here before, this is heaven on earth. And we absolutely love it. Sharon and I come here with the kids, uh, you know, every week, a couple uh, of times a week. Yeah, and, and actually it was my backyard, mate, for many years. I spent all my youth here. Um, spent a lot of my... Uh, uh, formal years here and actually in this very room here I met my beautiful wife Dawn at the 25th anniversary of the uh, of the surf club and uh, later on I'll come and show you a couple of uh, trophies in the back room there that yeah, oh, belong yeah. to me killer trophies there uh, you go. yeah love it so we're getting pretty close to the finish here let's go back to Tony Clark and TC thanks for staying with us we know you've got a busy day ahead of you but uh, what are your highlights in rugby league in 2022 and maybe outside of rugby league as well yeah, yeah, rugby league, Steve. I mean, I, I think NRL included. The highlight for me was seeing the mighty Tookley Horts uh, win their maiden first grade premiership locally. Um, you know, 57 years, uh, led by Jake Fitzpatrick. The, the scenes after the game and the, the scenes during the week with the community behind it to me was was a, a, an enormous uh, shot in the arm for, for local footy. And, uh, and, I, and I congratulate the Hawks. Uh, and I, I can't go past Penrith in the NRL. I, I just, you know, the, the standard they're setting, I, I, I think um, I think we'll see the first three peaks since Parramatta during the, the, the 80s. You know, I just can't see anyone getting near them. You know, they're, uh, they're a wonderful organisation, you know, to win, you know, the under-19s, the reserve grade, the jersey flag, you know, they're, they're, they're just an incredible club. And uh, I think it's, you know, setting a standard that uh, everyone else is, is striving to, to get to. I, th I find it interesting, Clarky, when you say that about the, the three-peat because, yeah, you, I, I can't see a side getting near them at this point in time. It's not as if, you know, they lost Kikau and Coruscant, which I think will be big losses for them, but I think they've got enough uh, cattle in their uh, their back paddock to be able to uh, cover for those guys. And, um, you know, when you look at the skill that they have and, and how uh, 
deep they go in terms of their depth, their playing depth, it's actually quite phenomenal that they, uh, and you touched on it, the fact that they won the jersey flag, the, the reserve grade competition and the first grade. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a big, big future for the Panthers and uh, it appears that the club has got this culture about them that they are just all leading and, and pulling in the same direction and they're all, all thriving and, and I guess, yeah, thriving off that success that is built amongst that culture that they've got there. It's uh, quite phenomenal. Another highlight for me, Clarkie, yeah. the Origin Series where Queensland managed to get the job done up in Queensland without Cameron Munster, a mighty performance. Oh, yeah, de definitely. There, there, there were numerous highlights, actually, Michael. And, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that was definitely, um, you know, uh, up there with the best of them. So, yeah, but uh, over the sport, I mean, it's, you know, the highlights for me is going every Sunday or Saturday afternoon to watch the Mariners play too. I mean, you know, our, our own, you know, uh, only national identity on the Central Coast. They've done some terrific things this year. So, yeah, there's a... And, and of course, uh, like Sharon's highlight there with, with Ash Barty too, you know, you don't get much better than that. So, no, it's been a, it's been a tremendous year and I know that um, 2023 will um, will certainly um, be, be adding to that, uh, you know, roll call. And, of course, the local boy, Nico Hines, picking up the Dally M Award. What an outstanding season he had for the Sharks. Yeah, what a, what a great story. I know we've spoken about it before. We're just a, a wonderful uh, a wonderful human being. And I, I note with interest that he was, um, I think, a finalist in the in the Man of the Year, the HQ Magazine Man of the Year during the week. So there's been a couple of pretty good things that they go through. I almost picked him off, Clarky. Almost picked him off. <laughs> there you go. I can give you an update on the 1K swim. I'll do that in just a moment. But, uh, boys, let's rise as one for the uh, sterling effort of Tony Clark in 2022. Two words, mate. Two words. Outstanding. <laughs> we don't call him the benchmark for nothing. And, TC, just before you go, scholarships about to open for the Danica Clark Foundation for 2023. Yeah, they certainly are surveyed. It's in the 20th. They'll, they'll open. So uh, certainly get onto our website and, uh, and get your applications in there. And we look forward to uh, announcing the the class of 23, uh, you know, uh, in, in April of, um, uh, 20, of 23. So, yeah, yeah, get your, all your aspiring athletes, get in, get in there and we'll, uh, we'll do what we can for you. Great stuff, TC. Thanks for your time and lots of love to you and Kerry and all the family. Yeah, same to you, mate, and uh, everything will be OK. See you uh, soon. Tony Clark joining us. Uh, the 1K swim. So there's still, I'd say, hundreds of swimmers still in the water. But the winner... Hayden Smith, who's been a, uh, a good friend of the show. In the end, it was fairly close, around about a five-metre win, and the first lady across the line, probably about 10 metres behind Hayden Smith, Stephanie Carey. So a fantastic swim by Stephanie. How far is this, though? This is 1K swim. Yeah, so... so that gives you an idea. Like, he is... He won that, what, three minutes ago he won? He mm, got out of the water. Mm. And there's people that are, what, probably still... I don't know. Yeah, 300 metres away. At least, yeah, 300 metres. Like they've still got what? Would they still have another five, six, seven minutes to go? Yeah. yeah. Be, like, I'd be behind them. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be behind them. I'm, I'm not being critical of them. I just go, that's how dominant his performance yes. was. It was but, amazing. Like I said, though, when we went to the Terrigal Ocean Swim and we broadcast live from there, you know, Hayden, if he was down at Mingara, he's probably doing effortless repeats on about a one-minute 15 cycle yeah, or right. faster. Yeah. Now, a lot of these swimmers, they're probably doing an ocean. Some of them might be 30 or 40 years older. Yeah, of 50 course. years older. Well, he, he is 40-odd, Hayden Smith, so he's a freak. Yeah. Absolute freak of nature. So a lot of these swimmers, they might be doing their first ocean swim, and if they went down to Mingara, they might be lucky to be doing a 100 metres in two minutes yeah. or two and a half minutes. So... 
they're just out there to enjoy the event, and uh, and that's what ocean swimming is all about. It's I'm not sure they're enjoying it at the moment. It's pretty choppy out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right because there's been some really big tides here mm. at Tawoon Bay this week, and so the 2K event. Uh, Hayden will line up again in that. Stephanie Carey will line up again in that. And so they do two laps of the course. We're off to the news. Back in a few moments to talk rep cricket. The Central Coast team have had a fantastic win overnight in Orange. We'll find out more with Gary Birkinshaw in a few moments on Saturdays on the Coast. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back live at Tawoon Bay. So we've had the winners of the one-kilometre swim and the two-kilometre race coming up at two th- at 10.30. Just a reminder, uh, Hayden Smith, the winner of the one-kilometre race. Stephanie Carey was the first female across the line. And we're seeing uh, lots of swimmers still in the water. I'd say there'd still be about 50 or 60 swimmers on their way towards the finish in this one-kilometre race. Uh, let's go live to Orange right now because Gary Birkinshaw is there. And, Gary, a fantastic win overnight for the Central Coast up against Western. Good morning, mate, and tell us more about this incredible win. Yeah, good morning, Steve. Good morning, Rich. Uh, mate, fantastic uh, day up here at Orange yesterday. We uh, were here for the Opens Country Championships for the men and we played the host Western Zone in the day-night game at Wade Park and... Um, Western Zone won the top. They batted and got pulled out for 195, which is a really good effort given the fact that they were none for 79 off 17 overs. So our spinners did a really good job in the middle with Brock Hardy, Chris Archer and Connor Haddo and also Tom Owen all restricting and taking some wickets. But then with the bat, it was a really good performance. We passed them in the third over, only two wickets down. So it was a big win. Jake Hardy got 94 and Brett Russell 63 not out. And they, they put on a 130-run partnership to ensure that that we got the, a very, very comfortable win. Yeah, I tell you, I'm just going through some of these numbers. So, Jake Hardy at the top of the order, 94, including 17 fours. And then, tell us more about Brett Russell. What's his story? 63 not out uh, in the middle of the order, including 10 fours, and that's off 68 balls. Yeah, look, Brett was Brett was very, very good. He's one of the best players of spin bowling in, in New South Wales country. He's he plays for Warnervale, Captain Warnervale, so he's been in, in the side now for, for a couple of years. But he was, he's a very, very good, very level-headed player and left-hander. And, like I said, strikes the ball really well. And uh, he just accumulates his runs. He's not a you know, hit 10 boundary, but, but it doesn't look like he's scoring at a quick rate, but he just accumulates them really well. And, uh, uh, look, he, he's represented the um, Sydney Sixers Indigenous side. So, look, very, very talented player. And batted really well yesterday. Gee, that's a great run chase, isn't it? So we finished three for 196 to get the chocolates. Buttes? Uh, I wanted to touch on it away from the local stuff, but uh, the Australians in the one-dayer, Perko, and uh, what a performance it was. Yeah. A 3-0 clean sweep to them. But uh, that last game, the Aussies uh, absolutely on fire. Dave Warner, Trevor Head. Uh, getting the second-highest partnership uh, in a one-day for the Australians, 260-odd. A great performance from them. And um, what do you think, mate? Was it a case where the uh, English had a hangover from the T20 World Cup? Oh, without a doubt. You know, I think you just looked at, looked at England's bases. You know, I don't think they really wanted to be there, especially when the pressure, the pressure was applied. I think that they just really... Um, yeah, they, they were tied. They, they, they celebrated pretty well after the T20. But, but full credit to Australia, they, they capitalised and, and they had to come out and do that after their disappointing T20 performance. And fantastic to see Travis Head come out there. 
you know, Aaron Finch retired, so he, he's now stepped into that uh, spot on a permanent, definitely on a full-time basis. And, and it's quite amazing is that, that, that the short time that him and uh, Dave Warren have been opening the batting, I think they've done about 17 or 18 times now. They actually average 80 as an opening, opening pair, so they batted really well. But you talk about that Melbourne game, though, Butch, it was quite all right. We've, we've hit 360. And then when it's our turn to come out and bowl, they couldn't put bat on it. Uh, the ball was seeming around everywhere, so our bowls were on song as well. But I wouldn't read too much into that because England were, England were halfway on the play and playing home, I believe. Yeah, and one of the big talking points, too, was, I mean, this is what happens when you've got saturation cricket. I think there was about, someone said there was about 2,000 fans there. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. Oh, yeah. Because, Burko, you're back underway in 23 minutes. What are you expecting this morning from Riverina? Yeah, look, Riverina had a good win yesterday over ACT. So the high-scoring game, they got 260 and then bowled ACT out for 253. So they're a good, solid batting lineup. I Probably their bowling is probably not as strong as what their batting is. But, um, but you know what, we're expecting it on a beautiful ground here. They were at Riot Rope. Right, Wiener, I think it's called, but it's a beautiful ground. So, you know, I think they look like they go, they'll be batting for us today. So they'll be looking to put a good, a good total on there and, and give us something to chase. But it should be a good game. What will you be saying to the boys? And will there be any changes to your lineup? No, we've only got the bare twelve. So, so they'll be just they'll be the same, same as, as yesterday. Where I think you know, our our spinners through the middle will be, be critical if uh, if Scott Birkinshaw and Alex Patterson get, can get a couple of wickets early. I think that'll set us up nicely because our our spinners are very, very hard to play. We've got four. Paul Spinner's three of my left arm, and uh, they, they bowl really well in tandem, and, uh, and and certainly put plenty of pressure on the opposition batsmen through the middle order. Good yep. line, good line and length, good line and length. <laughs> exactly. Is that the key? <laughs> that is a very very good view. That is that is excellent advice, and I think they're doing very well. I'll, I'll, I'm going to pass that on to them. Simple okay. but effective, mate. That's what he Yep, good line in the head. See, Berko, when you're not on the show, this is what we get. <laughs> not a lot. He's just very seamless. He just, just moves straight back in like he hasn't been away. Beautiful. Love his, love his work. Hey, uh, Berko, Butte and I have both been involved in coaching our sons. How do you find it? I mean, Scotty's had an illustrious cricket career and has represented at Australian country level. Do you have to say much to Scotty Birkinshaw or, you know, does he just take care of himself like uh is he pretty strong i mean like i said he's uh had a superb career at that level hasn't he yeah no look i, I go and you know sit him down and give him some advice and he just takes absolutely no notice of it so <laughs> you learn over the time but he's he's achieved a lot more his career, career than i ever will so um he just tell you, if, if he's struggling he might just give him a couple of pointers but he goes about his own way and his own man and um yeah, look, he does he does a very very good job he bowled extremely well again yesterday so uh, he's a leader of this side now, and um, yeah, I, I just let him go to his own device mainly. If, he, if he's got a problem, he'll come to me. Perko, the uh, Aussies take on the West Indies in a, a test series. Um, I can't imagine it'd be too much uh, opposition for the Aussies. Uh, the Windies a far cry from where they were uh, many decades ago, but uh, how do you see it playing out for the Australians uh, in relation to that series? Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you. I think I think that the Windies are, you know, they're, they're an average test side at the moment. Very, very, pretty strong at home. They get good results at home, but when they travel away, they probably don't have the same success. And Australia Test team at the moment is very, very settled. Uh, I think the bowling will create a bit of problem. I think they're playing at Perth, and I think they've got a day nighter in Adelaide. So I think that they will be under pressure in both those games from our, our pace attack. So I think that we should win uh, win those tests quite comfortably. I would have thought. Mate, Justin Langer uh, made a few comments through the week um, about... And I want to touch on it because I've heard some people in the media steer it as if he was criticising the playing group. And 
You know, I heard what he said the other day when he said, you know what, I was actually complimenting uh, Aaron Finch. I was actually complimenting Paddy Cummins uh, and, the, and the rest of the players in the playing group because they actually challenged him to change his style, which he went about doing. And he's made a fair point. And, yeah. and I think we touched on this when he did get sacked, Burko, that um, he, they'd won the T20 World Cup. They were dominant in test matches. And they've changed their way. Yeah. Like it makes, he, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, Butes. I'm glad you kind of opened this door because he'd won everything. Yes. Now, one thing he did say is that he would have tried to have been around board level more to see who his allies were and where, you know, some of the arrows were coming from. Yeah. So he had more of an understanding. And the fact that he, you know, referred to some people and, you know, I, I don't disagree with him. You know, people that are, you know, backstabbing him or, you know. Now, do you find it interesting Cricket Australia have weighed into it? Yeah, 100% the CEO has stood up and whatever else. And I just go, you know what? This is, you know, this is a guy who has got every right to feel hard done by. You know, maybe his coaching style may not have suited the playing group. But my goodness, it was effective. Yeah. Because they got the results. I heard on SEN earlier this week with Matty White, I caught a fair bit of his show this week. And he actually said that uh, they're about to go to WA where there's a stand named after. (laughs) Correct. Justin Langer. What What are your thoughts, Burko? You're at the coalface. Yeah. Yeah, look, yeah, it, was, it was quite interesting. I, I sort of agree with what Butte said. I don't think he said too much wrong. I, yeah, I think they sensationalised the comments that he actually made. But I, I think that he was having a go when they, they headlined Howard. I, I think it was more around the media part. I think the media were coming out. He was it's more of having a crack at the media. By, they, they were putting, putting rumours or stories in the, in the article. They weren't naming any people. So yes. Said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're hearing we're hearing our sources are telling us this, this, and they weren't naming him, right? Well, he's saying, look, he appreciates feedback from Cummins. He told he told things that you know, he appreciated feedback from him, Tim Payne, and everything like that. So I think I think that, that, that what he said wasn't that bad. But I, I'm like you though, know, Cricket Australia, Cricket Australia, you know, getting involved in the discussion. I think I was very very surprised about that. I, I, I felt not sure that there was any need for them to to get involved and and look. Yeah, they, they gave him a one-year contract at the end of the end, at the end of the day. Um, he, he certainly his style certainly did did upset a few of the players. He's very hard, you know, he's a very hard taskmaster. And, and but you know, for what he achieved, then offering just a one-year contract, I thought was, was very poor. And we spoke about that at the time. Yeah. But you know, the writing was on the wall for him. Uh, Gary, it's the Badger here. How are you going? G'day, Badger. How are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. Good. Uh, a little change of. Uh, Tactic, but uh, the thing about Warner and um, and uh, you know trying to get that ban and, and, and letting him become a cat. What, what, what's your thoughts on that, mate? It's, it's, it's sort of um, very convoluted, and uh, it's hard to work out what what you know, how they're going to go about that. What's your thoughts on that, Gary? Well, he should be he should be able to be captain. I think that that's just you know he, for me it's a, it's a no-brainer. He's, he's done the he's done the crime. He's done the time. He's yeah you know, he, he should be should be able to come back. I don't think that's been, should be any doubt about that. He won't captain Australia again. He should be able to captain a, a big bash franchise. So I can't believe why it's taking him so long to to get to that stage. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm with you, mate. I, I look at him and go, you know what? He served his time. That's no problems. Do I think he should be Australian captain at the moment in the one day or the T20? No, I don't think so. Like he's 36 years of age. He's probably got another year or two. He can maintain his leadership role. He can mentor somebody, mm. some young player that's coming through, a younger player that's coming through and give him that guidance and support. Mm. But I don't think he needs to have that C next to his name. Yep. He's an out-and-out leader anyway within that group. But yeah. I heard the same argument the other day about Steve Smith. Yep. Any team that's got Steve Smith, why is he not captain? I'm, yeah. I'm hearing you loud and clear. Hey, Gary, your highlights of... Steve. 
Sorry, I've got to just say just one thing about Steve Smith thing is that the interesting point is so he's vice captain of the one day side. Pat Cummins stands down as captain and he does a rest and then they bring Josh Hazelwood yeah. Hazelwood in over the top of him to captain the side. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that—that that to me, that—that's the mixed message that's going out there. That's and that's a reflection right. of Australia, Australian cricket and what they're doing here. They're actually holding these guys back, right? Because yeah. they're worried yeah. about some yeah. sort of backlash. You know what? Yeah. It's done. People yeah. forget about it. No worries. You know what? Yeah. I know they're going to get criticised by the media. No doubt about it. But you know what? Cop it on the chin. Move on. These yeah. guys have served their time, yeah. Yeah. and they're too good not to be in those positions. Yeah. yeah well said, Butes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's a slow burner this morning, yeah. Butes, but oh, he's, he's hit good. his stride oh, at 9.45. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll open the door mate, and Butes will come straight through. You've got to give him the subject. Correct. <laughs> give me the subject. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, Burko, what's been your highlight of 2022? My highlight of 2022? Uh, obviously, um, well, that's Barty's performance in the tennis. That has been, that has been fantastic. Well, what, what she achieved was, was, was unbelievable. Um, what else on the top of my head has come through? Highlights of 2022. <laughs> oh, Cameron Smith winning the British Open. That was another, uh, of another big highlight. Steph Gilmore. Steph Gilmore on the surfing. Eighth World yeah, Championship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. massive. He's good. Yeah. And what about Cameron Smith picking yeah. up $125 million from the Lyft tour? <laughs> that's not bad either. That's a whole well, lot yeah, that, that is, I believe, I, I could be wrong here, but I'm just going out on a limb here and say that could be the biggest prize money for ever winning the British Open. Just on a limb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly right. Well, uh, Burko, uh, we're yeah. rising as one. We want to say... A heartfelt thank you for everything you've done for the sports show in 2022. It's been awesome having you around, mate. And best wishes to the Central Coast at the Rep Carnival this weekend. Thanks, mate. Just a quick one, Steve. Have you mentioned about my excavating driving last week? Uh, no, we're saving that for the second hour. But uh, the, the word is, from Robson Civil Projects... You're pretty slick on the sticks. He's the man, is he? He's the man. That's slick on the sticks. Hey, Burke, I've got, to, I've got to say a personal thank you to yourself, mate, for covering me at various stages throughout the year. And uh, I really appreciate it, mate. And I had a lot of comfort knowing that you were going to do the job and do it better than yeah. I would. So thank yeah. you very much. Definitely not better, definitely not better than you, Buse, but, mate, I, I really enjoyed it. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, guys. Hey, we'll come back in a moment. We'll talk about some more highlights of 2022. I've got a list as long as your arm. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. Yeah. We'll, we'll step through some of those in a few moments' time. Sun is starting to shine through here. And can you believe there's still swimmers finishing in this oh. one-kilometre event? The really? winner, probably finished about 15 minutes ago, was Hayden Smith, closely followed by another young man. I'll, I'll find out who that was. An equal third, but first in the women's category, was Stephanie Carey. He's this... going backwards. Whoever's out there now, they're going backwards. They're <laughs> yeah, going they backwards. are. <laughs> this is Saturdays on the Coast, all thanks to Robson Civil Projects celebrating their 60th anniversary and also McDonald Jones Homes. It's birthday time at McDonald Jones. We'll tell you more about that in a few moments. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Toowoomba Surf Life Saving Club. We're on the upstairs balcony and we're enjoying... I mean, we saw Dennis Hannigan. Sharon and I saw Dennis yep. earlier this week. He told us they've got the best sausage sandwich in Central Coast sport. Now, what I, just would you, I just devoured it. What would you say, Buttes? Uh, I'd give it an eight and a half, nine out of ten, mate. So all year we've been to some magnificent venues, yeah. and we, we thank everyone for having us and for their hospitality. 
Who do you think is out in front in this final show? I mean, this is hard to beat. You're only as good as your last sausage sandwich, yeah. and that's hard to beat. Mate. I'll tell you, who makes, tell you who makes the best coffee. That would be the tennis club. Gosford Tennis Centre. Yeah, thanks to the DeVivo family, Jackie, DeVivo. For, for her kind hospitality. Uh, so the sun is out, and we're on standby now for the two-kilometre race. Hey, let's get to a couple of highlights, and in the second hour, we'll be talking with Brad Porter about the World Cup, oh. which I've been glued to the TV this week, and, of course, tonight we tonight, take on Tunisia. Massive game, massive game for uh, the boys. I'll tell you what else I love, and we all love football here. Round two, the second round of the World Cup, this is where it's game on, baby, because players are playing like their life depended on it. Iran last night against Wales two nil. thoroughly deserved their win, 2-0. And some of the scenes in the stadium, men openly crying during the national anthem. Now, mate, you know what? It actually makes you realise, you know, it truly is the world game, right? And we saw the reaction of Australian fans at Federation Square in Melbourne when Goodwin put that goal in the back of the net after nine minutes. What right? a goal. It was. And I was driving in the car at the time, and I'm fist-pumping myself going, okay, this is awesome. Right? Hey, let's, let's relive it. Let's relive oh. that positive. We'll go back to the studio. Bring let's roll in Craig Goodwin's goal. Harry Sutar at the base of the centre circle. Plays a long diagonal ball out to Leckie on the right flank. And a good touch as well. Pavard hit the ground. The cross comes in. Goodwin! Craig Goodwin has the opener. Australia 1-0 up on the French. Australia's moment on centre stage. And the world now knows who the Socceroos are. Oh, didn't it go pear-shaped after that? Mbappe, just sensational. What a, what a player he is. Oh, the French were phenomenal. We made uh, them look good, though, particularly yeah. with the second goal. Yeah, correct. And you know what? Uh, for me, and you know, we'll talk about talk to Brad Porter about this. But for me, they were two steps ahead of the Aussies in all aspects of the game, and that's due to the fact they're playing at a high level. My understanding is that the the value of the two teams at seven hundred and eighty million dollars difference yeah. between the French team and the Australian team. Yeah. And you know what? When you're that big a difference in terms of financially, it's going to be there's going to be a gap. Hey, let me give you one more quick one before we go to the news. So uh, another one of my highlights, and like I said, I got plenty. Jai Opatia winning a world title. Yeah. Gemma Smith winning a world ocean ski paddling world title. Eleanor Patterson, yes. high jump world champion, clearing 202 in Eugene, Oregon. That was back in July. Just stunning. Absolutely stunning. A new PB for Eleanor, and she defeated the red hot favourite, Yaroslava Mahuchik. <laughs> Uh, Nicola McDermott, fifth in that event. Who came hey, third in that, do you know? Oh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> it was another Ukrainian. Ah, oh, was it? Okay. Uh, we're off to the news. Back in a moment with Brad Porter to talk about the World Cup. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Toowoomba Bay Surf Life Saving Club for the Ocean Swim. So we've had the 400-metre dash for cash. We've had the one-kilometre race. The men's won by Hayden Smith. Closely followed by the women's winner, who was around about 10 metres behind, Stephanie Carey, who's just an outstanding athlete and great to see her back in the sport. The two-kilometre race is coming up soon. Now, I have noticed... I've noticed... Everyone is rugged up at the moment. So the water temperature is fairly cool. And I did see somebody in some foils. So oh. 
that suggests to me that we've had some, uh, seriously, we've had some hypothermia. Yes. So if you're in the water for, you know, some of these swimmers were probably out there for over 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes. So yeah. uh, we had a swim here on Wednesday. It was, it was cold, but that's uh, with a bit of wind chill factor as well. You can see everyone is trying to warm up before they do this next two-kilometre race. Isn't there a bit of a rule of thumb there? Every, for every every uh, degree it is of the amount of time you can spend in the water? Yeah, is correct. You, is that correct? Yeah. Roughly, yeah. Uh, it sounds yeah. like you're Wim Hof. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, uh, the McDonald Jones Hope open line, McDonald Jones Homes, uh, it's birthday time, so they're doing special deals. Uh, you can text in your favourite moment of 2022, 0477 736 736. 0477 736 736. The open line, 1,342 Hey, just before we get to Brad Porter, here's a couple of the key moments from the FIFA World Cup this week. Let's first roll in some highlights from Japan versus Germany. Oi. Kikura. Asano. Asano. Yes. What a goal. And oh, one of the goals of the World Cup already. And they've turned the game on its head. Unbelievable. Is it going to blow now? It is. Monumental moment for Japan. Tokyo would be going off. Japan, of course, one of the great upsets in beating four-time World Cup winners Germany in a come-from-behind performance for the ages. Yeah, there we go. And uh, speaking uh, speaking of an upset of the ages... Let's go to the other one that happened this week, boys. Saudi Arabia, Argentina. Yeah, you got it, my friend. So, Argentina, can you believe, was it 35 or 36 matches? They're undefeated. They go down against the Saudis. Here's the highlights. It's going to curl to the back post. A shot again. It's in! Saudi Arabia have got a second. Can you believe it? Aldaswari has put it in the back of the net. Argentina didn't clear and all the substitutes join in the celebration. There's the whistle. Saudi Arabia have beaten Argentina. What an amazing game. The celebrations are going off on the pitch. Argentinian players standing around. Their unbeaten runners come to an end. They cannot believe it. Public holiday. They declared a public holiday in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia, that's how. This is what we we don't really understand a little bit in Australia. What, what the Saudi version of Bob Hawke? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah well, I, I don't know how it got, I don't know how it got delivered. But I don't, I don't that, think he had a beer in his hand though at the time. No, no, the Saudi. And I don't no. think he called the population uh, a bum. Bum. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's 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 what it means to that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know. Like, well, well that is a phenomenal yeah. win. Uh, no. Let's. Well, that, and you know what? Argentina were absolutely dominant in that first yeah. half. Like they had yeah. three or four goals disallowed for offside. Yeah, yeah. They were just all over them. They'll. they'll They'll be uh, they'll bounce back. Oh, they'll mate. Be back. They're, they're going to be back, and they yeah. They, this could be a big awakening. For... Well, what about the other upset? Uh, you know, France destroying Australia. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, let's go to Brad Porter. Let's welcome him. And uh, you know, uh, last I mean, it's been kind of to and fro between him and mm. you know that Adam Kwasnick joined us while you were away. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so it's a photo finish between oh, these two. Oh, what, what would you say, Mick? Well, you know, I know both the boys, and you know, and, and me and Quaz have done a couple of things, and I know Brad obviously, and uh, 
Mate, I, I'm, I'm torn, mate. I, I just, you know, like... So I try to pick your favourite kid. It, it is a bit, yeah, it yeah. is a bit like, but no, but, I, but I'm sorry, but I'm leaving the quads. Oh. <laughs> well, well, let's go to Brad Porter and see what he delivers today. Good morning, mate. And uh, overnight we've seen, can you believe, the USA is drawn with England. <laughs> yes, yes, surprising result there. Obviously, uh, England had a fantastic first up result, uh, 6-2 over Iran, and... You know, football was apparently coming home as uh, as always with a with a good early result of the tournament. But uh, yeah, certainly brought back down to earth uh, with a nil result result against the US, who you know are, are a decent team in their own right. I watched their first matches as, as well. Um, so you know, I'm I'm sure the English nation will be up in arms and it'll be absolute chaos over there in the press. But you know, if I'm Gareth Southgate, I'm not too concerned with four points from two games. Mate, I've got to tell you, I've watched, uh, you know, most of the game this morning. Um, the U.S. looked like they were the more dominant team, uh, created more opportunities, didn't quite take advantage of those opportunities when they did come. But, um, um, yeah, I, I think you're right about, I have no doubt the English media will be all over this and, uh, you know, up in arms as to how, they, especially after the result against Iran, that 6-2 victory. Um, it was a great way to start the tournament. Um, but... Mate, I love this World Cup and, and what it's about and the permutations that come with it. A big game tonight for Australia taking on Tunisia. Anything but a win um, will basically see the Aussies bow out. And uh, it's so important. How do you see this playing out, Brad? Do you think they can get the job done tonight? Yeah, look, I've been uh, really surprised at the reaction after the France game. I think, uh, you know, we talk about the, the negative press in England. I, you know, I don't understand the negativity towards the Socceroos um, you know, I, I think Graham Arnold, with the players that he's got at his disposal, I think it's you know it's an incredible achievement that we're even at the World Cup to start with. Um, you know, I'm I'm backing the boys tonight. I honestly believe that we can and will get a result against Tunisia tonight, and then we go into that last game against Denmark. You know, hoping that France you know does a job on them uh, tomorrow morning as well. We could very much, and I'm confident we'll go into that last game against Denmark needing a point to get through. And I'm telling you, that's what, that will be one of the greatest achievements in Australian sport if we do that. I agree. And, mate, yeah. you know what? You're 100% right about this criticism about this Australian team. You're taking on the reigning world champions in France. The difference in value is $780 million. You know what? Those boys are out there busting their butt, you know, trying to compete against um, players that are arguably in the top, you know, 15, 20 players in the world. Like Mbappe's... Up in the top three players yeah. in the world. Yeah. Right. How, yeah. how scintillating was he? And you know, they you start to see they hang Nathaniel Atkinson out to dry. Uh, BP. Yep. Well, what are your thoughts there? Because you know we've discussed it here on on the air that yeah maybe we should have changed our tactics there. What would you have done in that situation? Yeah, look, it's a it's a difficult situation. I think uh, you know Arnie's in a difficult position there, and I know that you know some of the press. And some of the commentary after the game was that, you know, we should have been a little bit more, you know, opening 10 minutes, we kind of went at France a little bit. Um, but I think partly that was more down to France sitting a little bit deeper and allowing us to play in that first 10 minutes versus us really um, getting on the front foot and, and trying to attack. Um, it's, it's a difficult situation. If we go out against France and try and get on the front foot um, and attack them and press them in the front third, it could very easily go pear-shaped, and we could be walking away with, you know, six or seven goal loss. What does that do to the psychology and confidence mm. of the players heading into the next game? So I think it's very easy for us to sit here 
um, in the armchair and say we should have went at France. But I think you know, Arnie, Arnie knows what he's doing, and I think we need to trust him. Um, and as I said, I think we'll get a positive result tonight. He'll go in there with a game plan against the Tunisians. And if the players stick to that game plan and, and show the confidence and show that you know, Australian character that we're known for, we can get a result, absolutely. Yeah, I think against France it became damage minimisation, wasn't it? And I also I tend to agree with Brad, like watching some of these other nations, I think as an Australian supporter, you just want to be proud of the effort. So, so watching Iran overnight, watching the Saudis, watching the Japanese, you just want them to put in a shift that you can be proud of. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, Brad, about, you know, the French side and, and all those things. For me, the big difference, and again, this comes down to the calibre of opposition they play against on a weekly basis. I just felt that they were, the French side were just one or two steps quicker in everything they did. You know, when they had the ball, they were Absolutely. just that little spark quicker. The, they, 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 they were a delight to watch. Oh, 100%. Uh, and when they defended, and that, that was a big play there on Atkinson where, you know, he normally would have that little half-step extra time or half a second extra time. Mm. He's playing against one of the best and, left wings in the in the world. And what are we doing playing out from the back anyway? Correct. At, at times. Kick line, mate. Kick line. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Brad? Yeah, look, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one. You know, my observations were, you know, Australia used to, yeah, we copped a lot of criticism, you know, back in the 90s and 2000s for for being a nation that produced very physical players. So we were known as being, you know, big, fast, fit, strong footballers. And the criticism was always that we were technically and tactically quite poor. You know, that was the, you know, always the, you know, the narrative that will come out of these big tournaments. And I think as a as a country, we made that decision when we bought in the, you know, the, the Dutch and overhauled the development system and, and introduced the national curriculum. And, you know, we can argue... You know the, the merits of that, you know, for for hours here. But I think we've we've gone so far down the path of developing players technically, which is which we absolutely needed to, and we know at the top level you need to be technically and tactically, you know, outstanding now. But I think we've lost our way with our physical development. Some of those things, some of those traits that we were known for physically, you know, we're now not known for them. And the way the game has gone, you know, gone are the days where, a, you know, you see a Paul Gascoigne in the middle of a pitch who's maybe not physically great but was a genius. Now, to, to compete at the top level, you need to be, you know, a genius and you need to be a superb athlete. Um, you know, that was, that was certainly my observation of, of those top teams of the tournament. They're brilliant players, but they're also supreme athletes. Yeah, yeah, and I saw that, you know, I, and I, you know, you talked about how good it was to watch the French. Right? Yeah, well, well uh, what, what about the goal that would have been scored by Mbappe? Yeah. Started on the right-hand flank where the winger has just seized a moment, Brad. You'd remember this. But his blistering speed and the delivery into the box, if they had scored that, it would have been one of the greatest goals I'd ever see in my lifetime, but it went over the roof. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and the French team are outstanding. You know, they'll certainly be there at the end of the tournament to be reckoned with, for sure. Um, But as I said, you know, we're not competing in that, you know, in that talent pool as Australians. Um, But certainly, you know, with the... With the coaching staff we've got and the togetherness of that group, as I said, you know, I'm I'm quietly confident we can get a get a result against the Tunisians. Yeah, I like your optimism. Hey, Brad, can you stay with us for one more break? We've got a lot more. We want to pepper you with more questions. Mm-hmm. Can you come back after this ad break? Absolutely, boys. Sounds good. Hey, and what are your thoughts of Mick Morley as we go to the break? <laughs> uh, he just said he's in Quaz's corner. <laughs> 
Mick who? Yeah, <laughs> look, uh, you know, I, I've obviously got more work to do. Look, what I will say, when you showed the, uh, or when you've you know, aired some of the highlights of previous games, I'm surprised you didn't get uh, some highlights of Quaz's uh, Tunisia, Denmark, nil all draw commentary. Surely you could have dug up some of that. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yes. Oh, fantastic. We'll be back right after this. The show all thanks to McDonald Jones Homes, their birthday sale. So there's plenty of specials. They're celebrating at the moment. Also, Robson Civil Projects. And Buttes, you missed it last week, but we did the show live from Tomago. So <laughs> the home of West Track, which is just incredible. Some big rigs there. Oh, absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, they probably had about 30 to 40 people testing the equipment. Uh, Gary Birkinshaw jumped on board, and like we said, he was slick on the sticks. <laughs> slick on the stick. Be very careful that, how you say that. that. That's big, big, big Tonka toy talk, is it, mate? Yeah, well, absolutely. And what uh, what there is is there's a huge demand for staff mm. in that sector. Mm. So, if you're thinking about moving into like uh, civil construction. Maybe you've got some kids that are about to finish school. There is that school-to-work program. Just jump on the Robson Civil Projects website and you'll find out all the information. So, you Did you be... have a go? Uh, I actually had the opportunity, but I'd rather let some of the young... So there were men and women there. I'd rather let them... I mean, they, they had the opportunity to move into a, into a new career. Oh, 100%. And, and, and be a very rewarding. And, and that, that sort of work is ongoing. <laughs> Mines and, and all that sort of it's 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 and civil work it's it's going to be there forever you know what I mean it's yeah, ongoing yeah, yeah. absolutely is that the end of the thought is it <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Saturdays on the coast on SEM and we're back in just a moment Robson Civil with over sixty years of leading civil constructions experience visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land the coast's tradies choice for tools steel gas visit bjhowes.com.au you're listening to Saturdays on the Coast yeah welcome back our final show of the year hope you're enjoying it and we're live at the Toowoomba Ocean Swim so we've had the four hundred meters yep. the one kilometer race. We'll have the two-kilometre kilometer race shortly, and at the moment they're doing the presentation for the 1K event. So what they do here, Buttes, as you can see, is they're handing out awards to pretty much every age category. Oh, OK, so gotcha. you, you got yeah. a race within a race. Yeah, yeah. OK, I've got you. So, you've got... so you could be competing against nobody and still win an award. <laughs> Right, okay. I get it. I, get it. Hey, I, I don't know whether he's quite getting the concept oh, of it, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know he's. Uh, participation I'm, 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 and, and let's ask Butes, what age oh. group does he play in? Well, in Austac? I play in the over 40s. Over so 40s. there's a category for there's you. There's a category, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of people in that category. Yeah. There's a category. More than one, he's that's standards. for sure. I mean, we know he used to be an elite athlete. His standards are still too high. Uh, anyway, let's go back to Brad Porter. Let's talk about bloody the. I'll tell you something else, Butes. The sports show is no place for sarcasm. No, it is not. No, apparently not. Apparently not. Let's go back to Brad Porter. Brad, we talked about how good France were. What about the Brazilians, mate? Uh, great to see them perform and uh, their efforts against, who was it? Uh, Serbia. Uh, what's his name? Richarlson. A oh, couple of great goals. The second oh, goal is, uh, gee, that I'm, is football at its it. best. I'm calling, it. I'm calling it now. That'll be goal of the tournament. It's going to uh, take yep. an incredible effort to... Yep. To top that, uh, the the cross obviously wasn't the best. I think it arrived in at about knee height. He's he popped the ball up, you know, spun on the half turn, and the connection of that that scissor kick was uh, was you know he, he couldn't have hit it any better. So um, 
obviously Brazil, they're, they're highly fancied at the tournament, as they always are. Um, yes. You know, we talk about, you know, the stars in the French team, but what about the, the depth of talent in that Brazil team? I mean, they, I think they made four or five changes towards the back end of that game. You know, they're bringing on guys like Gabriel Jesus, Martinelli, Casemiro, um, you know, Fred. But, I mean, these guys are bona fide, you know, world, world stars, and they're bringing them off the bench. It's just an incredible depth of talent. Yeah, I'm glad Richarlison scored that because it's something you would expect from the great Pelé, isn't it? I mean, it was that brilliant. Yeah, look, the, the, the narrative of World Cup, there's always, there's always Brazil and there's always, you know, a number nine from Brazil that's doing the business. You know, down the years you've had Pelé, you know, you've had the, the fat Ronaldo. Uh, you know, we, we, there's always a narrative around a Brazilian number nine. So, um, you know, hopefully this is, this is the year potentially for Richarlison. Yeah, and you know the other thing too, and I said this to my son Corey last night, Richarlison barely touched the ball in the opening 45. Yeah. So you say to any young athlete that stay in the contest and you never know when it's going to turn. So his first one's a poacher's goal, second one is just... And you know what, I look at that and you know my son was telling me about uh, Messi and the amount of Ks that he does. Like, you know, it's about 4K for a game and, mm. you know, most other players are doing 8, 10... 15. 15 Ks, whatever it is, right? Mm. But, you know what, his teammates don't care because no. when he touches the ball, he's mm. brilliant. I, I do want to touch on, Brad, uh, Portugal, and in particular Cristiano Ronaldo, becomes the first player ever to score uh, a goal in five, five World Cups, which is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, just the mark of him as a player and a man and, and what he's managed to achieve in the game. Yeah, look, obviously, you know, an incredible star. You know, we can... You know, we can talk about the size of the ego and some of the things that are surrounding, you know, Ronaldo and, and what's come out. Obviously, the interview with Piers Morgan, you know, with um, yeah, his, his criticism of Manchester United, and they've now obviously terminated his contract. But, you know, the, the way that he's wired, and we know with Ronaldo, it's, it's very much all about Ronaldo. Um, you know, he's, he'll be going to this World Cup thinking, I want to prove everyone wrong. Everyone's telling me I'm too old and I'm finished. Um, he's going to be highly motivated to leave a massive mark on this World Cup. And uh, you know, I tell you what, if, if, if one man at 37 has got the ability, footballing-wise, to do it, it's him. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, mate. Now, I've got to tell you, we talked about the, you know, the couple of upsets and what they mean. You know, the likes of Germany, Argentina. Um, you know, this second round for these teams is so important for them in relation to them progressing through to the next round uh, because... You know, you go into that, you, you know, you come out of a, the first game with a loss. Gee, it puts you behind the eight ball. Yeah, look, it, it becomes, you know, not quite sudden death, but that those teams certainly need to, to pick up at least a point to stay alive. I think, you know, we, we can talk about Argentina. I think, you know, you, spoke, you mentioned Buttes in the first half. They were, they were very good. And if it wasn't for, for VAR, you know, if we're sitting here and it's, you know, 2002 when that game gets played, Argentina's up 3-0 at half-time and you know, they probably comfortably win that game. Um, yes. But the fact that we've got VAR, they've got those, you know, marginal decisions that have gone against them. You know, they've, they've come out with a loss. But I think the, the psychology of, of them in particular, you know, they went, I think it was 36, 37 games unbeaten. The likelihood of coming into a World Cup and extending that another eight games at that level... Yeah. Yeah, it's questionable whether you can maintain it. So I think for them, it's almost a, you know, it's an, it's an adage and it's a little bit of a cliche in sport. They talk about the loss that you need to have. That, 
that unbeaten run is now out of their system. They're not thinking about that. The shackles are off. I think um, you know, we may look back at the end of the tournament. Uh, that result may be a blessing in disguise for them. Yeah, and we may be getting two of the best games of the World Cup overnight. Hopefully one of them is Tunisia-Australia, but France versus Denmark. Now, Brad, you'll tell us in a few moments, that is absolute top-shelf European football that we're about to see overnight. And as Butz has spoken about, Argentina-Mexico tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. That's one you've got to set your alarm for because that could be absolutely epic. South American football going up against the Mexicans. Uh, tell us more. Yeah, look, the, the Argentina-Mexico game, I mean, that's just... You know, if you, look at, if you look at the names of those nations, that's just got World Cup written all over it, that game. You know, Mexico have got a, you know, a huge pedigree in World Cups and always you know, play a good brand of football. They're always on the front foot. You know, the Argentinians the same. So that, that game could literally be anything. Um, Argentina obviously need the win in that one. Um, so, I, you know, you, you could potentially be looking at a high-scoring, you know, end-to-end affair there, which would be fantastic. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, two European heavyweights in France and Denmark. You know, obviously all Australians, you know, we're hoping for a French win. You know, we want the French just yes. to walk through that group and, and clean up the Danes and the Tunisians, which helps our cause. But, you know, Denmark obviously have a lot of quality and a lot of pedigree themselves. So, um, you know, that's, a, that's certainly a game that's going to be, you know, very you know, entertaining to watch as well. And Brad, I dare say, if you've got nothing better to do on Monday morning at 6am... There's a game, Spain versus Germany, which I think might be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just just saying. Yeah, talk talk about narrative around that. I mean, Spain have come into the tournament probably for the first time for a long time. No one's really spoken about Spain. Um, They've obviously still got, you know, an incredible, you know, amount of talent in the squad, but no one was really talking about them as contenders, you know, in the same breath of the Argentinians and the, the Germans and the Brazilians. Uh, but they've absolutely destroyed uh, Costa Rica in that first game and, and played a, you know, a sublime um, brand of football, almost synonymous with the, the Spanish teams of the, you know, the mid-2015s, for instance. Um, and then obviously you've got Germany on the other hand. They, they need a result here. They need at least, yes, they a, do. At least a point, uh, if not a win after that first up loss. So that's a... I mean, it, it's very early in the tournament for Spain-Germany. That's a game that, you know, belongs in the quarterfinal, semifinal, final stage. So we're, we're certainly in for a treat, you know, this early in the tournament. And isn't that amazing that, you know, people spoke about our group as the group of death. Yeah. I bumped into someone last Sunday who's a lifelong football fan and has, has played the game at the highest level. Yep. And he said, you are joking. There's, all... there's a group with Germany versus Spain. Spain. Correct. <laughs> and, and you know what? The, the thing about it is, with that game on the Monday morning, Tomorrow night, Japan take on Costa Rica. So, you know, you'd like to think or you'd probably think that Japan will get the win there against Costa Rica. They're a great team. Which then puts them on six points. You know, the pressure is well and truly on Germany and they'll know exactly where they stand and what they've got to do. I'm glad Japan won because for me it means they've taken that next step from being technically excellent to being mentally strong. Do you agree, Brad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at, I mean, we often as, as Australians, you know, we, we're in the Asian Confederation and we obviously consider ourselves, you know, in, in the same breath as a Japan or a Saudi Arabia or an Iran. I think that's the perception that you know, us as a nation have. But if you, look at, if you look at Japan, you look at that squad, like all of those players are playing, you know, at the top level in top leagues across Europe. You look at Iran, you know, they've got 
so many of that squad are playing, you know, in the Bundesliga. You know, they've got a lot of players playing in the Premier League. So I think we we underestimate again. You know, I'm, I'm harping on about it, but the Socceroos squad. You know, we, we've got nowhere near the talent of even a Japan or a or an Iran, for instance. Uh, yet our expectations are almost, you know, on, on that level. Um, yeah, so, again, yeah, it's, unrealistic. You know, that Japan gets results. You know, I, I go back to the point you probably made earlier on when you first come on. You know what? We should be thankful and appreciative of the fact they're actually in the World Cup. Right? They've done an amazing job to get there, right? And we've got to have faith, and you know we've also got to have uh, not these unrealistic expectations that we are going into this World Cup. There's 32 nations in that World Cup. We're probably regarded as probably the 28th or 29th best team. There, well, 100. Right? And that's not that's not being disrespectful. No, that's just a harsh reality. But you've got to be realistic. Look, you look you look at our team and look and you look at the players we've got and where they're playing in the world. It's, it's that's changed. Back in the in the golden years, you know, with with Vadukas and all that sort of stuff, they, they were playing at the highest level in, in England, right? Yep. We don't have that really anymore. You know, we've got I don't know how many A League players there was. There was a, a few. So you've got to be realistic. I mean, it's as simple as that. We, hey, don't, we don't have as many. We have plenty of players playing around the world. Yeah. We don't have as many as we did no. playing in that EPL. That no, that highest level. Correct. Exactly right. Yeah, we need to go to uh, the news. Take it away, Brad. All respect to someone like Mitch Duke. He obviously started the game for the Socceroos the other night. Now, the reality is, you know, he's an aging player now in his 30s. He's playing in the second division in Japan. So that just gives you a, a little bit of an idea. He's not even playing first, you know, the first league in Japan. He's playing in the second division. And yeah. we're lining up against a team with Giroud and, and, and Mbappe at the other end. Yeah, no. So, no. The fact that we're competing on that, on that level is, is phenomenal. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brad, I'm giving you a standing ovation. The uh, final show of the year. Look, uh, the, the jury's out. Like you said, I mean, it is like choosing between uh, your kids. Uh, do we have favourites with our kids? <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> of course we, <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Th- thank you so much, mate. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, look forward to doing a whole lot more in 2023. It's been a pleasure, guys. I've, I've appreciated being back on the air. Brad Porter joining us, uh, former Mariners great. The siren has just gone off at Toowoom Bay. That means the two-kilometre race is underway. I tell you, boys, I'd actually love to be in this today. Uh, I've done this race once. Uh, it was probably about 15 years ago, and I ran oh. sixth in the field. Nice. Uh, but it was beautiful out there, and so they'll do two laps of this course at Toowoom Bay. We'll have an update for you in a few moments, but I can see already Hayden Smith is doing this race after winning the 1K. Stephanie Carey is doing this race after winning the 1K in the women's. So... Should be fantastic to watch. This is Saturdays on the Coast, all thanks to Robson Civil Projects and McDonald Jones Homes. They're celebrating their birthday on SEN. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, live from Toowoomba Surf Life Saving Club, our final show of 2022. And let's talk a few more highlights. So Sharon, my beautiful wife, her highlight was Ash Barty. I spoke to my daughter yesterday, Talia, and her sporting highlight, I think you'll all love this, it happened March 25 at the SCG, a night that transcended sport. 
uh, unbelievable scenes that oh, night. Yes, who can forget? Including some stories afterwards where players were outside the stadium yeah. trying to get back in to finish the match. This player was just the sixth in history to kick 1,000 goals. This is Lance Buddy Franklin. Let's roll in the audio. Here comes Buddy. He doubles back. The kick's going his way from water. Yes! Everybody is watching. Buddy Franklin with the eyes of the football world all around the country on him. And as the greatest showman, he likes it this way. He's 40 metres out. He comes in. The crowd comes in. He's got it. A thousand goals for Buddy Franklin. Perfectly, Franklin. A thousand goals. He lives out a million people's dreams. And this is a sight to behold. What, yeah. a, what a great call. Yeah. What an outstanding call. What, what a moment that was. And that's yeah. on SEN. That's Hutto. Yeah, you uh, know what? It's funny. You forget. And, you know, we've brought up all these amazing moments throughout the year. I, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that mate, was, I did too, yeah. But that was... But, remember the scenes? Like People were running yeah, onto that field. They were already running yeah. on the field as they yeah. were walking in to kick the ball. Ha- yeah. Half a dozen security guards trying yeah. to hold back a <laughs> the tsunami. Same, the same as when the, the, the Tony Lockett one was the same, wasn't yep. it? I can remember the Tony Lockett one. There, yeah. there would have been 20,000 people on the field there. Uh, that night. Yeah. I think this one was better. And do you agree that it transcended sport? So I think, you know, there was NRL on that night, but no one cared. Hmm. It was a moment that everyone tuned in for. Mm. And suddenly we started getting messages that, hey, this could be it. He's already kicked one. Mm. And then, yeah, I think it's one of the greatest nights of sport I've seen. And and watching again, I had a look at the highlights again last night. It's lucky no one got hurt. Correct. You know what? Mm. It may well be the last time that we see See a player kick a thousand goals because of the way the game is played now it is so different Different, and um, you know the likes Mm. of the Tony Lockett and Mm. and what have you you don't have your full forward anymore who just stands there and waits for him to kick you they're all so agile and mobile and and, and athletic and the longevity won't be the same correct so Mm. you know what that may well be the last time and those people Mm. had that chance to be there Mm. and to share that moment and and on a similar thing the same thing with Ronaldo we probably won't see that again Um, you know that'll be once in a once in a Ever. Hey, yeah. uh, by the way, they're flying in this 2K event at the moment, so it's two laps of this course, and there's a group of four at the moment, so Hayden Smith is actually, he looked fairly fairly relaxed out in front, but now he's being challenged, so a group of four there, and that does include Stephanie Carey, I, and there's a, there's a fifth swimmer who's just off the back of the pack at the moment, but the pace is on on this first lap. I'm prepared to say that some people may well get lapped. Whoa. I'm prepared to say that. After what I saw <laughs> after the 1K swim. Is I'm, this Spitz's negativity no, coming just, out again? It's just, re- it's reality. It's okay. just reality. It's just reality. Yeah, it's just reality. Hey, hey, boys, can I roll into uh, a few more of my highlights? So, uh, Mick, you'll like this one. Yep. Oh, okay. It might be my one. Kalani going undefeated <laughs> in Central Coast men's football. Yeah. That's, now, yeah. it hasn't been done in around about three decades. Yeah. You probably remember the last team to do it. Oh, they, I, I they, know I wasn't in it. <laughs> They lost the grand final in a thriller oh, against no. Terrigal. Yeah. But I hope they can be proud of their achievement because we might not see it again no. for decades to come. And, and, and Akers there has uh, done it and, and done it and brought, it, brought those kids up through the ranks too, a lot of those ones, and just their locals and juniors. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a magnificent achievement. And, and you know what? It's a shame about the way we play football in Australia that 
that should be celebrated forever, Kalani mm. having an undefeated year. Mm. But because we play a final system... Yes. And they led in the grand final 3-1. Oh, yeah. yeah, crazy. Yeah. Wow. wow. Crazy, isn't it? You know, you've so, seen it before. So do you think at some point, like, hopefully now it's, it's sunk in what they achieved? Yeah. I, I, and, they, and they can be proud of that. Oh, yeah. And again, I said I don't think it'll be a long time before it's uh, been... Another, mean, another highlight for me, Bombers versus Terrigal in the Hunter Central Coast AFL Grand Final. Yep. Corey Shackleton, a great friend of the show. Bombers get the job done for the first time in 15 years. Now, I was tossing up between these two as to okay. what my favourite moment of the year was from a local perspective. Oh, OK. And I think it's a photo finish. North Shelley Board Riders... After numerous near misses, they win the Australian board riders battle back in February on nice. Newcastle Beach. Nice. So, as we both know, mate, super stylish Russ Maloney. Maloney. The powerhouse Shane Holmes, world tour surfer Macy Callahan, and two brothers who are destined for greatness in the sport, Joel and Huey Vaughan, get the job <laughs> done for North Shelley. Yeah, that's well, awesome. What a win. And when you consider some of these... Some of these board riders clubs that have got superstars like Snapper Rocks. Yeah. Some of the big Sydney clubs. Yeah, fantastic effort, isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic effort. What's your other moment, Steve? Local. The other local moment, Tony Clark mentioned it earlier. Yeah. So, for the first time, in, first time in more than 50 years, Tookley win the local rugby league yeah. grand final. Now, their fans would never have dreamt of winning a premiership. You know, they're playing against powerhouse clubs with huge budgets. Jake Fitzpatrick and his team, they'll go down in history. In fact, remember the movie Remember the Titans? Yeah. We'll remember the Hawks. We'll talk about this team for centuries to come. I think Denzel Washington should star in the movie. Steven Spielberg, are we talking about a movie here? We're talking... And and I don't think Tookley will mind me saying it, but apart from Fitzy, there were some junkyard dogs. No one... Butin, you'd love this team. No one wanted some of them. Yeah. And they defend like their life depended on it to win the Premiership. The misfits. Cool they, runnings. They, cool. Uh, <laughs> they, they beat the unbackable favourites, the Erin Eagles. Eagles. Yep. And at halftime, it's 20 points to four, full-time 2010. And that afternoon, it was Father's Day. It's one of the best local sporting events I've ever been to. Yeah. And Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. what a moment. Steve, you touched on you know, the individual performance of Jaya Pattaya and winning a world title there. Um, I was at the Women's Open Trials last night for Oztag, uh, for the Central Coast, and a young girl rocked up who will be playing in the State Cup for us. Her name is Jess Southwell. Yeah. And uh, she had... she. This is a 17-year-old young girl who has basically lived and breathed Oztag and Rugby League and Rugby Union and all these things, uh, you know, over the last four or five years. This girl went away to the Commonwealth Games... Didn't get a lot of game time. Nevertheless, picked up a gold medal. She then goes and plays in the NRLW and is very close to taking out the Man of the Match Award, I believe, anyway. And I might be a little bit biased here, but she was one of the outstanding performers on that field that day. And, uh, you know, to come away with an NRLW premiership, I think that highly of this girl, I think she's going to be amazing uh, in whatever sport she chooses to follow. And, you know, at the moment it's NRLW. She could convert back to rugby union if she wanted to because she's that good uh, and come back to NRLW in four years and only be 21 or 22. Mm. I said to it, I said at some stage earlier this year, we could be watching the first female immortal. And I, I you mm. know, 
I don't know how that... I don't want to put a lot of pressure on the girl, but I think she's one amazing athlete. And what she managed to do this year was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And we've got Nathan... Uh, what's the... Uh, Faith Nathan? Yeah. Um, who also was part of that uh, uh, just Commonwealth Games team. Yeah. Uh, another local girl who did outstanding things. And yeah. I think those... You know, individuals. I know they're playing in a team sport, but their performances were outstanding. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got the Newcastle women as one of my highlights of yep. the year. Hey, by the way, they've just gone through the first kilometre, and it's Hayden Smith, but right on his feet. And I tell you, I would love to see this young lady win it. Stephanie Carey is in second place, sitting right on Hayden Smith, but it's a group of four, and Stephanie Carey looks amazing at the moment. So, wouldn't that be? Oh. A, Incredible to watch. I would love to see yes. the girl get her. Yeah. Stephanie. Is it Stephanie? Stephanie Carey. Yeah. Would, yep. that, would that mean Hayden hangs up the goggles <laughs> if that happens? Hey, he, puts might, the he, he might listen back to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll be on his hit list. <laughs> puts, puts the budgie smugglers uh, away. Put him away, mate. <laughs> nah. uh, I love it. That's can outstanding. I, can I have a whole yeah, well, can well, I, don't, well, don't forget, Marinda Carfrey in the Hawaiian Ironman, I still think this is one of the greatest sporting performances of all time. She had the fastest split of anyone in the field, male or female, wow. for the final marathon. Wow. So women just get better and better oh, and yeah. better as a race goes on. Hey, can I roll in? Uh, actually, I'll do it after the break. We need to go to a break. Adam's back at headquarters. By the way, Adam, can you flick your mic on and just tell us what your highlight of 2022 has been? Well, I mean, there was one today, um, boys, uh, with... The Aussies getting through the Davis Cup for the first time in uh, since 2003. Uh, but, so that's yep. definitely a highlight for the Australian tennis. But my highlight uh, was Rafael Nadal and his 22nd Grand Slam when he won the French Open earlier this year. So congratulations to him. And it might be one of the last he wins because he's now ha had a child with, with his wife. So uh, he may not win too many more. Yeah, so. Damn kids, they always get in the way. Man. <laughs> always get in the way. Exactly. Right. You're a massive, you're a massive Rafa fan. Uh, I as love well. Rafa. I love Rafa, and I'm, you know what? I'm glad that Djokovic, Djokovic has, you know, got his appeal, and you know, it's a chance of competing in the Australian yeah. Open in 2023. You know, we want to see the best players here, and you know, despite the debacle it was last year, you know, get him here, and hopefully we see the world's best. Yeah, nice job, Adam. We'll go to another break here. The show all thanks to Robson Civil Projects and McDonald Jones Homes. Saturdays on the coast on SEM. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. Our final break of the year, and we're live at Toowoomba Surf Life Saving Club, and there's a lead pack of four in this two-kilometre race. I think they won't be finished by the time we get off the air, but uh, it's going to be a, a terrific finale. And as Butte said, they might actually lap a few of the back markets. Uh, I think they will. And you know what? Again, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that <laughs> oh, at all. Hello. Okay. He's had hey, a change of heart in the brain. Again, that, what it is is it's an indication of how good the people at yeah. the front are. He's right. become a humanitarian. That's yeah. what it is. Hey, by the way, uh, one yes. of the reasons you're here is... Mate, you are back I'm due back. to overwhelming demand. Yes, back doing the uh, dancing, uh, the SARS dance for cancer next year for uh, 2023. 
along with a few of the ones that you've I mean, you danced the year, and I think even uh, Michael here's danced as well. I think the, the winner from his year was there. Will you, will you still be using that muscle shirt thing that you had uh, on? Because I've seen the, I've seen I the images on Facebook, yeah. mate. There's a rig there yeah, that yeah. doesn't I'd, look familiar to me. Yeah, I, I don't know, mate. I, I, I don't know if I'll rehash it, but you never know, mate. How do you get invited back? Is it because you're one of the main fundraisers? Because obviously you, you didn't win your year. He had the greatest ring well, ever. No, I, I don't, some other bloke ran, uh, won that year, and I can't quite remember his name. Um, but uh, well, I was the People's Choice, but as you remember, uh, so you're the People's pe- Champion. Pe- people's Choice. So, uh, and my genre this year is uh, next year was his 80s. So uh, you're in your uh, Yeah. So it's 10 year 10 year anniversary of it, and they raised over a million dollars, as you know, and uh, all, all goes to that uh, to the research on the Central Coast and helping families out. So it's a fantastic. Fantastic cause and uh, really looking forward to a few fundraising events and um, your mate Neville's back as well, uh, dancing as again, which is fantastic. So, yeah, looking forward to it and we'll keep you guys posted as yeah. we uh, go along. And we'll be, we'll be with you every step of the way. No, I appreciate hey, it. Can I roll in? Uh, this won't surprise you, Buttes. This was one of my favourite, well, my favourite moment on the world stage. Oh, okay. Ap- apart from Tookley and North Shelley board riders, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is my favourite moment. Let's roll in some commentary from Bruce McAvaney. Oh, oh he is. A giant amongst those that have come before him. He's done it all. He's the world record holder. He has run the distance in under two hours. And he's the double Olympic marathon champion. He's got four Olympic medals. And yet, I think it's fair to say that Elliot Kipchoge is the greatest long distance runner the world has ever seen. 201.09 in Berlin. Broke his own world record. Unbelievable. Yeah. We, we put that in perspective. It was on the treadmill, you're running at like 20.8 kilometres an hour for two hours. Mm. Hey, boys, uh, we've got to go. Gotta Thoroughly go. enjoyed 2022. Uh, we've got to say thank you to Adam Staples back at headquarters. Yes, Adam, great job, mate. We love you, buddy. Uh, thank you so much for everything you do for the show. To Valentine Holmes, who's come on. <laughs> At uh, late notice. <laughs> thanks, Valentine Holmes. Well done. Uh, thanks also to Josh Kine, who's been around this show since its inception. Thanks to everyone at SEN for backing us. Thanks to Robson Civil Projects, and thanks to McDonald Jones Holmes and uh, Buttes. And surely we're back next year. Surely uh, we're back. Uh, yeah. Mate, it's a great show. First weekend in February. All we're, right, we're back. There you go. We're back in business. Good, good, good. Yeah, uh, enjoy Christmas and the holiday period. Take care, and we'll catch you again soon on Saturdays on the Coast.